It's always great to be here. It's like coming home, isn't it? I brought with me two leaders from the church. I know a pastor in Tamworth, Jonathan and Nikki. They went through a difficult time. I went from many hundreds down to just a few. No pastor, no elders. And to honour Jonathan, he held the church together for two years. And uh, Nikki's a trustee and she takes oversight of the school that we've got. And it was Jonathan's fault he invited me to preach. <laughs> That's how desperate they were. So I preached there and uh, for some reason... They were desperate again. I went back again and they said, will you help us? That was about 18 months ago. We had our vision Sunday last week. And we had a tremendous time, didn't we? Appointed new leaders. Shared the vision we've got for next year. And so, um, in time-wise, it's exactly the same. The other way up the motorway than down here, you're one mile nearer. <laughs> Something's wrong with the churches I like are never local, so... I spent this week looking at two sermons, new sermons that I could give to you and yesterday the Lord said, no, I don't want you to do that. I want you to build on what you preached last Saturday. But I was listening to the radio this morning and they're talking about spirituality and they said, we've done a survey of people who have had, had out-of-body experiences. They weren't Christians, they were Hindus, non-Christians, other faiths, but the unique thing was they all had the same experience. They said they left their body in death, looked down upon themselves, could see all that was going on, could hear what was going on, but were surrounded by an incredible bright light. And they came back to life. Jesus, who had never preached the word, heard that John was in prison. The day of John was over. John was preparing the way of the Lord. He was in prison. Jesus comes out with a quote from Isaiah 9. They that sat in darkness have now seen a great light. They that have sat in darkness have now seen a great light. David said this, Even though I walk, through the valley, it is but a shadow of death. Because you are with me. Amen. On that great night, 2,000 years ago, in the darkness of the evening, there were shepherds. In the authorised verse, it says abiding, living in the fields at night when suddenly there appeared unto them an angelic host. Now the word host means army. So it means there was the two different types of angels plus the archangels were there. Heaven was emptied for one moment because they brought blessings on, in heaven Amen. as it is on earth. Hallelujah. Glory in heaven yes. for peace and goodwill on earth. Notice, on it, not in it. And so we see here two dimensions of life, heaven and earth. And the whole host of heaven, glory to God yes. in heaven. Amen. 
because that's where authority lies. That's where it's all about. That's where the creation comes from. From heaven, but not on earth. And as I read this last week, and God has not let me go from this scripture, in Luke 2, 13, 14, suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, but on earth, peace, goodwill to all men. And if we misinterpret this scripture, we will say today, a lot of luck that is. We've got war in the Ukraine. <clears throat> We've got massacres in Gaza. Wars breaking out all over the place. The economy in a mess. Sexuality twisted. What on earth is going on? Where is this peace on earth? And then suddenly as I'm reading it in the Greek and the Hebrew Bible, I realise that it's nothing to do with lack of war. It's to do with Jesus. When you read the actual Greek context of peace on earth, it means this, a force that has come from without, within. Now Jesus said, when they asked him who he was, he said this, he said in John 18.36, my kingdom is not of this world. If it was, my followers would fight just like this world does. So this world is full of fighters. This world is full of war. This world is full of hate. If my people were in this world, we would act like the world. But I'm not of this world. <laughs> and when it says peace on earth, the force of the Greek means that which is without has come upon. So peace is not lack of war, not lack of famine. Peace is a person. That's why Jesus said, my peace I give unto you. My peace I leave with you, not as the world give I unto you. So now we see something unique. The angelic host is saying, peace is now born on this earth. So because of that, there can become Goodwill to all men. Jesus was born at the time of Caesar Augustus. And Caesar Augustus claimed this, Pax Romanus, which means Rome brings peace. He saw himself as the peacemaker. But in Luke, he turns around and says, You are not, he shall be called the Prince of Peace. And of his kingdom, there shall be no end because he's not of this world. He's outside of this world. And that brings a, a torment to us because that means we're not of his world. And we're not. Now the evolutionists aren't totally wrong. They just misread fact. I hear people say, we were created in God's image. No, we were not created in God's image. We were created as man and of woman. Woman, because when he had a second go, everybody went, woo, man. <laughs> That's better than the first model. Far more shape and I won't go any further. We come from the earth and that's why we're buried in it. 
earth to earth, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. That's where we came from. God created the heavens and the earth and he looked up and then there's something missing. So he looked to the earth and created out of the dust man, human. So we are of this world. We're not of the kingdom. We're of this world. And when we die, we'll go back to where we came from. But then God did a unique thing. When he made us like every other creation in the, in the universe, when he made us like an animal, he saw that man must be different to an animal because he wanted something <laughs> that he could speak to on an equal basis. Mind to mind, heart to heart, voice to voice. And as much as we love our dogs and our great companion, and the more you look into what a dog is, a dog is a tremendous companion for lonely people. They're really great. And they always tell you when they're not well. You say, how are you? They go, rough, rough. <laughs> Sorry about that. They're very honest, aren't they? Cats don't do the same thing, but dogs do. Anything rough. Good boy. But and I was watching a program last night of a dog that they've trained a husky that deals with end of life. And he senses when people are dying and he just cuddles up to them in their bed. And they'd stroke him. And one, as they were stroking him, he died. And that gets you emotional. Hasn't God been good because he gave us oversight of the animal world, not to abuse them, but to use them and to, and to do good things. But then God turned around when he looked at creation and he said, there's something missing. I have no one to talk to on equal level. You can't always, when you're in charge of something all the time, you know, I, I was pastor of you know, a very large church for 47 years. You long sometimes to talk to somebody who's, and I don't mean this wrongly, at the same level. Because otherwise when you're talking to people who don't see themselves on that, they feel inferior. Some people feel superior. We need people who can be iron sharpness iron, don't we? So God said, I will take this clay that will go back into the dirt when it dies, either buried or cremated, go back. Can't remain. Keep it, fossilised, it will still go back. And I will breathe. Whew! Ruach! I will breathe myself into them and they shall become a living, breathing soul. Only a very small proportion of our world are atheists. Now an atheist doesn't believe in any form of God or any form of spirituality. He believes that we're just a carnal creature that's here for a season then we decay and go back to the earth. They deny the spirit of man. Well, this program I was listening to even this morning said, throughout the world, most people are spiritual. They may not be religious. Now, I know a lot of people who aren't Hindus, Christians, Sikhs, Muslims, but they're spiritual. Witches are spiritual. Tarot cards are spiritual. Having your tea leaves are spiritual. So more people are spiritual who don't belong to a religion because it's hard to deny there is a God-like image on the inside. Because it witnesses, his spirit witnesses with my spirit. The story of Christmas was shepherds abiding in the field. When there's a great angelic host, do not fear. You're sitting in darkness. 
Notice it's out there, it was at night. But we're part of the eternal spiritual light. We bring you good tidings, great joy. But to you, you shepherds, to you sitting on your own while everybody else is in bed, to you is born this day a saviour who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign. You'll find him lying in a shepherd's hovel. Have you noticed he came at the level that the people could understand? Not in a palace. <coughs> we were talking on the way here to Nikki and Jonathan and we were on about our life. And I said, many years ago, when the church was young, when I was in business, I did business for a businessman in Solihull who lived in the most expensive road in Solihull. On the side of his house had a ballroom, which most people have, of course, especially if you're Pentecostal. And then he had a block of four garages and massive land. And I did him such a good deal doing all his pensions. He said to me, would you like to buy my four garages off me and build yourself a house? And in those days, I had to pay £40,000, which is a lot of money, but I was, I was in football. I could afford it. But the spiritual side of me, the inner man, said, if you build a house worth £2 million and you've got no building like the rock and you do all your counselling in your house, what poor person is going to walk down your drive? Who's going to come into your house and you say, I know how you feel? when they even got any money to pay the rent. So are you going to look at the spiritual man or the carnal man? The carnal man would say, what a bargain, I'll buy this house worth two million quid, 40,000 pounds to build it, I'm there for the rest of my life. Nothing wrong in doing that. If God's given you the money, you can, you can do that. Nothing wrong with doing that. But the spiritual man said, you're a pastor first. And you've got to pastor these people who, who are, some of them, so poor they can't afford to put dinner on their table and you're going to invite them to your palace. Jesus saw the poverty of the shepherds and said, I'll come down to your level. Don't you just love him? Don't you just love him? Born in a stinking stable so the shepherds would not feel intimidated by him. Wow, do I get it well? But about two years later, because I know the story, to keep the story short, they all come at the same time. The wise men didn't. Jesus was about two when they came. Because it took them a long time to find him. But notice it was night and they looked at the stars. There's always light in the middle of darkness. And these wise men, because somebody said wise men found Jesus and wise men still do. They searched scriptures, history books, because something told these men who had everything, there was something missing. Because they had everything carnally, externally, but nothing internally. What profit is there if you gain the whole world and lose your soul? <coughs> During the years of pastoring, we used to have people in our church from all levels of society. And we have a Cotton Green, I mean, one of our leaders is a judge. Other people are out of work. I love a church where you can all come at whatever you are and be accepted. 
And this man was a successful businessman and he was in a bed downstairs in his lounge, dying. And I went in there and the night nurse, all she said was, phew, look at the carpets. And those curtains, it's a bob or two. And how much did they pay for those lights? And she goes all around the room and I said, my love, if I could wake him up, he'd exchange all this for one more hour he doesn't know God he'd love an opportunity to find what was external rather than that which was temporal the wise men looked for somebody above their natural So the peace that the angels talked about was not a cessation of war. We will get that because the world is fallen. I said this the other Saturday and it's worth noting. And you heard me say this before. All those people who are protesting about climate change are not silly. They're right. Regardless of your politics, they're right. This world is going to die. And the reason this world is going to die is because we sinned. Because man sinned, the world reflects who we are. We have gone into that world and we've sinned against God's creation. We've destroyed it, polluted it. And then secondly, this world is in a mess because Satan was thrown to it. Let me just show you what Christmas is all about. Here's the world God created. There's a war in heaven. Satan, the three archangels, Abel, the prophetic, Michael, the warring one, and Lucifer, the worshipping one. Now, the reason why the devil hates church is because God never replaced him with another angel who replaced him with the body of Christ. We do the worship now, not an angel. We do the worship. So when we come to worship, he hates it. He loathes it because we've taken his place, the church. We are the worshippers, all that has breath. Praise ye the Lord. If not, the very stones will cry out. That's why there's so much music. That's why you can't go through your life without music on the radio, in the car, music everywhere, because music is a God-given situation. The devil's polluted it to the world. What's the name? Something Spears, is it? Britney Spears. One billion pound on her latest tour. One billion pound. The world can't live without music, nor can the Christian. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. There's a war in heaven. And Michael and two-thirds of the angels, so don't get upset about demons, there's far more angels than demons, warred against him and threw him to the earth. And I believe that's what the scientists saw as as the big explosion where Satan pollutes creation and comes on earth. But God is the God of salvation. So he creates a garden in the earth which has not been polluted, called the Garden of. And there he creates man in his image, breathes life into him and gives him dominion. You don't have dominion where you don't need it. Dominion means to dominate. To have dominion over the Garden of Eden. 
Yes? No? Over the earth? And whatever you name them, they're named. And whatever you call them, they're called. And as God brought them unto him, he named them. And as they were named, they were. I've always had this philosophy in theology, and nobody ever agreed with me until I read a German theologian 300 years ago said the same. Adam's job was to go out into that world and save it. He didn't. He stayed in his church. That's why you going out carol singing outside is wonderful. Waiting for them to come in is not what God said. He said, go out, not, come, not pray them in. Go out and bring them in. And the devil, knowing that he was going to be defeated, decided if he won't come out, I'll come. What's he doing in the Garden of Eden? Walks up to Eve. Morning. Nice place you got here. No weeds. She said, what's a weed? He said, something you smoke. Or one day it will be. In childbirth. And in periods. And men, you'll work by the sweat of your brow. You'll work till you drop. And women will be in pain most of their adult life. As a sign that you've fallen from grace. Now, women would never have had pain in childbirth. They would never have had period problems. They would have produced children of the image of God without any problem. And men would not have been grafted until the sweat dropped off their brow and they dropped out of the heart attack trying to provide for their families. That is the provision of sin. So he goes into the world. Now isn't it funny that Jesus is called the second Adam? Well, why would he be called the second Adam if the first Adam hadn't come to do the similar thing? So Jesus now comes the second Adam and the angels declare him. Glory to God in the highest. On earth will be a man called peace. And he will bring goodwill. Love you, man. To all men. Bless you. And to a few women. Because <laughs> they demand more than a man. I get the call. David? What's about the dishwasher? Come in, love. The peace that Christmas is about sadly is not peace in Gaza but reconciliation with God. We, humanity, are from the world as I said. And in this world you'll have tension. God says this, in this world you'll have tribulation which means to be crushed, to be pressurised, to be squeezed. In the world you'll have that. But be of good courage. I... I've overcome it. That doesn't mean that we're going to be free from it because we live in this world. Be ye in the world, but not of it. We're in this world and we will face our tribulations. However, we have something within us that takes us above it. Christ in you. The hope of glory. That's what Christmas is all about. Peace is on earth. 1 John 2.15 
Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For if a man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. If the whole of your life is based on what you can do 